All right, someone's goddamn laundry. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Took the life of another man. Now is my soul to be condemned. I have trouble sleeping at night. Hard to sleep when you're under the light. Eight o'clock in the whole damn room. County jail in the middle of June. All right. Welcome to Take This Cup. We're just three bad Catholics with some good intentions. We're borderline heretic, unapologetically different, but we've been best friends since childhood. So you can join us weekly for some conversation over some drinks and over some faithful banter and maybe a little drunken conversation because drunk words are spiritual truths or something like that. Right. 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 What do we got in our hands today? What cup are we taking? I would like to announce that I'm drinking mead for the very first time in my life today. I don't even know what mead is. Save the bees. Is that what it is? It's like bee? No. Nah. Because mine does have a bee on it. It's made out of honey, so… Oh. Okay, yes. So mine has a bee on it. It has some like honeycomb looking design on it, actually. So it's like this. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. It's gluten-free. Yep. It's a draft. Yep. And it's elderberry flavored. So I imagine it's going to be pretty sweet. I don't, I don't know how mead works, but it's 7% for a can of mead. So these things are apparently pretty strong. The notes are berry to slightly bitter, dry finish. Yeah, they'll, they'll be pretty strong because you have a lot of sugar and honey that you can turn into alcohol. That sounds delicious. Right. I'm into it. Well, I'm going to sip it for the first time here. Oh. oh, you probably still heard that. That was not an attempt at an ASMR, but… Uh, Sure. Here we go. Ooh. Yeah, that, that shit tastes like um, like juice. Shit tastes like a Capri Sun. <laughs> All right. So I have a um, Union Jack IPA from Firestone Walker Brewing Company out in Paso Robles, California. Is that how you say it? Paso Robles? I don't know. California resident. Probably Robles, yeah. Yeah. So, picked this up while I was on the verge of blacking out in Denver. So, yeah, we were okay with buying $11 cans for some reason. Oh, my Jesus. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, that's pretty good, though. I don't know about worth 11 bucks, but that's pretty good for 7%. It's not punching me in the face with a booziness. So, oh, nice. what kind of beer is it? It's an IPA. Ooh. That's interesting. I'm not like not a huge fan of yeah, me neither. I'm not a huge fan of IPAs, but it's all right, man. It's a it's a refined palate thing, you know. Oh fuck you! You guys just gotta catch up. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So I mean, the first time that I ever liked IPAs, so for a while I thought it tasted like medicine, which it, it probably still is. does. But I burped it one day, and my burp tasted so good. <laughs> and so ever since then, I just chase those IPA burps, man. <laughs> so you don't even really like the taste of it. Yeah, but that burp is want the smell of your amazing. burp. The IPA nut. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I'm looking forward to nut. your burp then oh. here in this episode. What you got, Joe? All right. So I got the uh, Colorado-made fat tire. Belgian Ooh. amber ale. Yeah, man. I don't think I've ever had it, but I always see people drinking it. And so, yeah. So, shout out New Belgium. They tried. Yeah, shout yep. out New Belgium. Shout One out. of the first craft beer places that got into the gas stations. Whoop. 
All right, here we go. Oh. Wow. Yeah, that the the initial smell smelled like bread <laughs> and I love bread. So, yeah, this tastes really great. Does it tastes like bread. It doesn't taste like bread, but the uh the smell of bread is enhancing my taste nice, nice. and attraction to it. Oh, I'm going to buy. There you go. So, any girls out there buy that perfume, that bread perfume? Right. I think Pepperidge Farm Ooh. might make some. Check it out. <laughs> yeah, Joe will be all over you. Okay. So, it's been a while since we've recorded. I'm glad we can talk today because it's been an eventful couple weeks for me. I've had a lot of conversations with mostly women, actually, and only one dude. Well, two dudes, but in the same same conversation. But mostly women about this whole reproductive rights kind of thing going on. There seems to be some movement. There's a wave of abortion bans moving across the United States. Some people are celebrating. Many others are not and are fighting the resistance or joining the resistance against these things. Um, And like women are asking for my opinion and I don't really like have a base answer whether I'm, I mean, I'm pro-life but it is a difficult answer to deliver. So I wanted to put you guys on the spot and see what you think about abortion bans and the pro-life versus pro-choice movement. Yeah, Joe, how many abortions have you had, dude? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You're always, you can, ooh, first of all, that's, that's a good question. Would Joe be forgiven for his abortions? <laughs> first um, of all, I've had zero abortions. <laughs> All right. We got um, that out of the way. But, but um, I'd say personally, I am pro-life. Definitely. Um, but as far as like forcing my beliefs or making somebody else like have their kid, even if they are like not even ready for it. I mean, I'm, I'm not the, the one to kind of force or like govern that. And so I'm pro-choice in that regard, but that doesn't mean like I'm pro-murder of the baby. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't think that that's my decision to make. But you're okay with sense. them mur- if they made the decision to murder the I baby. I mean, it's not like I'm okay with it, but I'm not, I don't think it's like my decision or my judgment call. Like, does that make sense? I mean, there's all these murders and stuff happening around the world too, but like, I'm going to express like, that's definitely wrong. But like, it's not up to me whether that person chooses or not to go into a school and like murder all these kids or something. You you know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's definitely beyond me. Well, then would you say, so that, I mean, that would like beg the argument, like, does that mean you're against like gun reform? Because those, those, Preventative measures essentially say, no, you cannot choose to purchase this gun and murder people. I mean, I don't really know how to, like, really fully answer that question just because I'm not, like, extremist on these kind of debates. But I don't want to be, like, in the middle about it. Like, I just feel like there's a difference between something that I can influence and something I can't. You know what I mean? And so… Just the the whole thing with like the pro choice and pro life argument. I think if it was if it was like something that I had control of, like I know I would push for pro life. 
but something beyond me, I I just, I don't think it's my choice to make. I can see like where you're forming your argument. I can also see where like pro-lifers would be like, well, you do, you, you can influence their choice and you should be influencing them to choose life or whatever. All right, I'm going to step in here. I think what we're trying to get at is that morally, yeah, we are pro-life. Um, but I think as it stands, the argument is more of a political or even, I don't know how to say it, legislative or legislative. Legislative? Is that legislative? Legislative, yeah. Legislative argument. And so for me, I think that if I were to vote right now, I would probably vote for a candidate who is pro-abortion just because that is not at the top of my political priorities or legislative priorities. And I think right now, pro-life is particularly being used as a buzzword for the abortion conversation. But I think that there's a larger pro-life conversation that includes the whole migrant children situation, immigration in general, clear warfare, things like that, right? Which I think that is kind of like swept under the rug and when abortion is what we're talking about, it's kind of isolated apart from those other pro-life conversations. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I, I think there's just like, there's so much to consider more than just the life of that one child. Yeah. And so on the moral side, I think like, yeah, if, if I know someone who's considering it, I would really try to sway them against from it, whether it's on the sin side or whether like, it's kind of like talking about the different options, whether that's giving the kids up to adoption um, or a lot of churches actually have kind of like programs that can help with that. And so politically, I know people would say like, yeah, but if you really believe in it, then you would vote against it, right? But it's not that I don't believe in it. It's that I think like, one, there's other pro-life things that I can vote for. And two, I think that the legislation against abortion is largely driven by like a lot of like politics and like kind of people keeping their economical right. advantage. So that brings up two things for me. One, if political, I would go off on the pro-life movement and be like, dude, I'm totally pro-life. I'm pro-immigrant. I'm pro like fucking migrants. I'm pro gun control. Like I would go off on that whole other, like there's so many other pro-life issues that don't have to do with the life of a fetus, but I have to do with the life of so many things. And I feel like I could get pro-life votes that way. That's one. The second thing that I liked that you mentioned was that if I knew somebody personally considering abortion, I would sway them against it. And I think that that unique statement is like the only way to be truly pro-life is to interact on a very human level. Um, even Tommy Lauren or whatever, that fucking Trumpist, she said, you can't have a blanket mandate, a blanket government law to determine life, basically. Like, and that's that for me, like, I hate that woman, but you got to agree with it. Like, it's not a blanket legislative act that's going to solve everything. If you want to truly be pro-life, you have to, like, interact on a human level, relationship level. You'll never know what a woman in Kansas is doing with her body unless you're in relationship with her. And, and she said, you know, I'm considering abortion. And then that's your like Christian doorstep to be like, let me 
be a part of your life. Right. Yeah. And on your first point, like, sure, you can platform saying like, hey, um, you know, like I'm pro-life or whatever. And I think like, for example, like Trump would be like one of those people that people voted for because he's against abortion, right? Um, but like on the flip side, I don't think that he's pro like gun control. He's not, you know, like none of that. And even right. then, even if he is, and I think he's the perfect example for like the whole like economic and political factor, right? For the abortion is that I think he's trying to ban it for people who can't get it. But do I think that Trump would have an abortion if he could with his wife, with his mistresses? For sure. Like he's not against it in general. He's just against it on paper. When it's relevant mm-hmm. to his success. Right. Yeah. I think that's really it. I think that's the difficulty is like… I don't… To be honest, there has to be a law passed either way. Right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's for it or against it. For me, it's just like… Don't be a fucking hypocrite about it. Don't say you're pro-life and ban abortion and then go fucking execute somebody. Right. In your state. So that's… Yeah. That's my my like biggest issue is… I don't care, honestly, which way you go. Either way, it's the issue is still a human thing that I got to deal with on a personal level. But if you're going to pass that law, ban abortion, then you got to ban all other types of murder too. Yeah, you got to take care of those immigrant kids, man. Yeah, capital punishment. Like the whole thing in Alabama was that some legislator literally just said like, all life is sacred, blah, 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 says the Bible. And then they executed a dude in jail the next day. I mean, so, low-key, I'm to, still kind of down for capital punishment. Nice. You are like totally <laughs> all about this measured, literally paying for your sins. Yeah, man. I'm about retribution, dude. I'm Old Testament. Wow. So you're, so you're pro-life, but you're low-key pro-capital punishment. Um, I'm pro-life, <laughs> but pro-high-performance life. Oh, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, not that I want all of the prisoners to die, but what kind of life would that be, right? If you have a life sentence, right? Well, then isn't the issue life sentences, not capital punishment? Like, why the fuck are we giving people 60 years in jail knowing they're going to die? I'm just saying that, like, the quality of life is just not that great either, right? If I was in jail, I'd probably be like, dude, just… Fucking kill me, please. Like, I'm going to be here until forever. And then also from like an economics perspective, like we are using all of these resources to keep people in jail and put people in jail, right? And that's not just a jail thing, right? I I think that high quality of life applies to everything. Recently sent my dad an article about someone who didn't want to live a long life. That after 80 years old, they would stop all preventative tests. Hmm. And it's because that author felt as if he was just going to be taking resources from everyone else to supplement his life in a nursing home, mm-hmm. right? Like, if he's out there kind of just, you know, on Medicare and like all of these insurances and subsidies, it's just not the most efficient use of resources for the world as a whole. Right, so in right. some sense, like, it sounds almost like… It's like self-sacrifice. Suicidal. But yeah, really, it's like self-sacrifice for the greater good. And… Um, We can talk hours about that philosophy. But again, like I just think… So that's my stance. I'm just trying to break down my stance on pro-high quality life. Utilitarian life. Yep. Gotcha. So if that's your stance, like… Yeah, so you'd rather have capital punishment on like someone who had done the crime 
And then on the flip side, you're pro-life. So then if there was a chance for like a child, if like, say you had to choose between the mom, like giving birth, but in the process, she would have to die from that. Where would you stand in that case? I'd go mom if she's going to be a hundred percent. If she's going to be like frail and weak, you got to give it to the new guy, man. So if she's going to die, you let the baby live. Yeah, you yeah. you give the you give the life to whoever has the higher chance of success and contributing to society. Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, all, all I'm doing is I'm making a call. You asked me to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what lawmakers are. That w- I feel like lawmakers would say that. You said like you're asking me to make a decision. Yeah. You're just asking me to make a decision. That's where I stand. But again, it's like pro-life. I want the person who can contribute back to society. Like whoever is going to live longer in order to find the cure for cancer, then that's who I want to live. Okay. I don't know if that's the Christian argument. but uh... It is not. It is totally not. <laughs> it's more like the 300 Spartan argument. I don't know if that will ever change in you. All right, but let's see. Let's see if we can work on that. If I can coerce you otherwise. Um, <laughs> do you… So like… What if some 18-year-old girl says, look, bro, I just got pregnant, but I got a fucking scholarship to Harvard, and I can't have this baby at Harvard. I got to abort him. Why not? Well, I mean, she's just going to make that decision, right? And and her argument is going to be, with your argument, I'm going to be more successful without this child. Like, how do you- are you going to be terrible with this child? <laughs> I don't think… Uh, terrible. I mean, what if she can't go to Harvard? She can. All right. She can. Yeah, I was going to say, if she got in, then no. she can. It's going to be mean, hard, but she can. is she she's ready to in, take yeah. that responsibility? Like, what if she can't bring a baby there? Whatever. Like, you know, I'm just saying there are cases where a woman will say, look, I… Like, that, that's the argument. Women will say, like, I'm not ready to have this child. I can be more successful without it. I can be more… Con- I can contribute more. I can do more. I'm not ready to have a child that has been placed inside of me. I can contribute more to society without this baby. No, you can do it. I believe in you. I mean, And you know what? Something else you can do <laughs> is strengthen your family unit. Like, reach out to your family and understand that there is more than just you. Okay? But some people don't have anybody else. No, the, no, no way, the, dude. So that's what I'm saying about these people who need restorative justice then. Like, why aren't we giving them the chance to, like, go to their… Like, we're putting them in a jail cell by themselves and saying, oh… Clearly, you don't have anyone around you. You're going to be here 60 years. Let's just kill you. How come you're not telling them, go to your family? Because they should have gone to their family earlier. Just like the woman who got (laughs) pregnant. So it's the same shit. Why are you going to tell her after she gets pregnant? When you can do that after this dude commits the crime. Well, I'm saying that on the kid side, that you should reach out to your resources. Whether they're friends or family. Because I know very successful… Like, okay, maybe I don't know any. But… I've heard of very successful, like, (laughs) single mothers who, like, actually, like, in my opinion, would have done worse had they not done the whole single mother thing. Right. And we've also heard of successful criminals. I also think that it's, like, every person has a different situation, too. So, like, yeah, maybe she had the right resources or she was motivated enough to get the right resources to find success in that. But… Not everybody is going to have that. So that's what I would say is that I would just be like, look, reach out to everything and do what you can. If you can't, then go ahead. Fucking kill it, all right? Get the fuck out of my face. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not adopting your baby shit. (laughs) 
Get out I mean, of my so, face. <laughs> so that's the argument, right? Like privileged women who can have a child and have a support system can do it. But when you're talking about social inequality and women, a lot of women who get abortions are having abortions because they don't have those resources. Yeah. Right? So, so that's what I was them. saying earlier. You're right. Ex- exactly. Is that like, you know, people who have the family or the resources can support that whole thing. At the bottom line, all I want to be able to say is I tried morally. Like, I ran the race, you know? I tried morally. Yeah, and I mean, that's the best you can do, right? Yeah, you try. because what I don't want is that I tried morally, and then she still has to have the kid, and then she's like, I blame you. Like, Ooh. you know? It's, uh, so you'd effort. rather wash your hands of the blame. For sure. Pontius, shout out. Pontius Pilate, bro? My man. No, that's cool. No, I mean that's human, I guess. But I tried. What would we haven't even talked about? What would you do, man? What would I do? Yeah, if a woman, pontificating if a from me, here. Pontificating. <laughs> if a woman came up to me and said, "Yo, you're a homie, and I'm considering abortion," I would say, "Don't have that. Don't have that abortion." And then she would say the same thing. She would say, "But I don't have the resources. No one will take care of it. I'm going to Harvard." You know what I'm saying? We got to find the resource. I'm not going to… like. So I think the difference is like… You can tell somebody to go do it on their own… Or you can become a support system. So you are saying you would really take on that responsibility? Not the responsibility of the child… But I think the responsibility… Of supporting of, her though. Not supporting her like financially… But saying, okay, what do I need to do in order to get you to have that baby? Like, what do you need? If you need someone to… Yeah, but I mean, that's, that's the same thing that such I an said. open-ended need. Like, well, yeah. she could just end up relying on you for everything. Nah, but, nah, you told her to go find those resources. Would you help her find those resources? I mean, uh, that's what I was talking about earlier is that I would be like, hey, you know, there are these different like church groups that will do it. Okay. Okay, yeah. But you would hit a point eventually if she said… No, no, no. None of this will work. Probably. And then you'd be like, fuck it. Probably. Abort like, it. I don't give a shit. You, like you would like walk her to the abortion clinic and be like, yeah, please don't I don't do think, this. I don't think I could ever hit that point. I think I'd, I'm pretty bottomless. In okay. That case. All right. Yes. I would not do that. Yeah. You're right. I'd be that dude. Yeah. So I'll, I'll take my B for effort. Uh, yeah. You'll get the A. <laughs> that, yeah. I don't think I would do that either. <laughs> yeah. And isn't it crazy that <laughs> the effort's still right. there and, and the result is still the same, right? So the, the issue is why don't you just ban abortion? And So you don't have to do that effort? Well, no. Well, the <laughs> result will always be the same. That the baby, that life is life. That's that's the result, right? That life, all life is sacred. Um, and so the argument then becomes: When does life actually start? Like, right. when is life? And when so, does life become sacred? Like, what about condoms? Are you preventing life by using condoms? What about Plan B? Are you preventing life by taking Plan B? I mean, catechism-wise, the answer to all of it is yes. So that's a tough yeah. one, right? Because so I don't think condoms are against life. I think they distort what sex is supposed to be, which is oh, yeah, openness to creation. But I don't think it's necessarily against life, right? Mm-hmm. Like it does also protect people from AIDS. Yeah. Right, right. There's just more to it than… Yeah. I think the difficulty that I had, like, ooh, I'll admit my sin right now. Mm-hmm. I've told a girl to take plan B, right? And that shit sucked because it's like, damn, like… What if, like, what if, right? And my justification was like, well, I guess technically I was still open to life, right? You know, that one was tough for sure. And so then the question, I guess, like, what, what makes life, like, when, when can we say that life is life, right? Like, no, you cannot. This baby or whatever has the inalienable rights of a living person or whatever. 
I mean, I think once it's kind of like starting to form, really. So, moment of conception, right? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, yeah, egg to egg to sperm, bro. But that's like, I mean, how early can you find that? Exactly. Because, I mean, there are like so many complications that could happen in that whole pregnancy process as well. There's also a lot of complications that can happen when you enter the world, you know, a gunshot to the head. <laughs> gunshot to the head from yeah. a baby. Yeah, that's a modern gonna day shoot a baby in the, in the face. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It's a minority report. <laughs> what I'm saying, it's like, the argument is, oh, it can it's it can still be stillborn, so it's not really a a, a baby a life yet. Yeah, but so I mean, twenty eight weeks. Counter argument to that is like, why do mothers feel attached? Exactly. So I mean, I think it's like you feel attached. Maybe. There's so much. There's so many like emotions that different people would feel on where where they stand. You know what I mean? Like, because like some people mm-hmm. can't even have kids even if they tried. And so I think they value just even that moment of conception or just like yeah. that that moment that the life starts growing as that. You know what I mean? But then We're there are some get people… get pregnant every year, dog. They are just spinning babies left and right. You know? Yeah. Back to back. Yeah. That's true. It's like, can can you set a law that says this is life? That's tough. I think yeah. I think there's a moral law, definitely, right? Mm-hmm. And one would say that moral, like, like legislative law, is based off moral law. Like, there is a right and there is a wrong. But can we like safely? I mean, make a legislative law that says this is life. I mean, because if we're so just voting here, a different place. I'm just gonna vote. Life starts after first trimester. Just ooh, <laughs> oh I have to vote. That's lit. Whoa. All right, Joe. What's your vote? Like, you're voting for the world here, okay? Like, not just for your house. (laughs) (laughs) What are all the labels here? Like, what's prior to first trimester? There's an egg to sperm. Mm -hmm. Then there's um, first trimester, which is like the first three months. Oh, you could probably add peeing as a benchmark. What is peeing? Like, two weeks or something? (laughs) Just the the plus. Or maybe a month, right? Is probably where you yeah, do the pee yeah. test. Yeah, so you can do our our benchmarks can be egg to sperm, first pee test. So let's say a month in, two months in, tr- first trimester, second trimester, which is six months. I would actually I would go for that that first pee test because that's when you're like, oh shoot, like yeah. But what if you're taking a pee test three months in? Like, I mean, well, I mean we could mandate a pee test every committed. month. I think that that's God. like the best because that's Mandate that's. The pee <laughs> well, that's. Like, I don't want to pee on this. I can hear. I can hear all the, the pixies, I mean, that's a a good benchmark for everybody though, because like a lot of girls, like they won't even know until they take that pee right. test. You know what I mean? Right. And everybody pees. Come on, everybody now. pees, bro. Oh man, I'm gonna first of all say that disclaimer to all of our listeners that these are three dudes talking about pregnancy. And we will never, we'll, never completely understand. No, for sure not. Hey, hey. That's the first thing we have must have mentioned. Chat us on Instagram if you're interested in coming on and talking to us about this whole thing. Yeah. yeah I think this is definitely like a, a topic in conversation that we definitely have to just like pick up when oh. we do have more voices that yeah, can… Yeah, multitude value. of episodes. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is definitely women. I'm going to go ahead and vote, though, that life begins at a fertilized egg. Like, Dang. Like, because there are stages before pre-test or pre-P-test, like, like a like a embryo that's already been… What's the term? Damn, this is such a dude's podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> we have, like, in, no idea what these terminologies are. When it's fucking lodged into the tube. When it's lodged <laughs> into the fallopian tube. Or it's like lodged into the wall of the uterus or whatever. That's like… That's pre… That that happens like the first week or some shit like that. So like… How do you ignore that as life? Like to me, I just, I just can't. Like once an egg is fertilized, that's a fucking embryo. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would agree so. with that as well. But it's like… But he didn't vote for it. How do you even know? You won't even know until you get that… that. Pizza, you don't, right? but so you like, also don't know. So you like, can't even that a really woman do anything China's about being it. Born right now, right? Like you don't know that a woman yeah, Joe, in Arkansas is being born. Yeah, Joe. But you're right still now, know, you're, you still um, know that that's your life. definition of life is predicated on knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But you still recognize but, that someone in California is being born, and that's life. But you don't know about her right. being alive. Hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I definitely recognize the embryo as life, but as far as doing something about it i guess if if you're really pro life i guess you would be more reactive than proactive right please explain i if you're if you're trying to be proactive about like not having a baby then yeah you would use the condoms you'd use plan b you'd do all that but then um if or natural family planning or natural fa- family planning but um if you were being more reactive, you would have, you'd be open to the decision to waiting to see if you have to do something about it, right? So, mm. so if, and then if, if there was life, then I think that's why the, the P-test is like a good indicator because it, then that's when you really realize, okay, do I have to, what am I going to do? Then you have the the decision, oh, am I going to have to abort this baby or am I going to let it live, you know? Right? I'm not going to say right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying like, I mean, what what are your options when you get that P-test, right? So what, are you, can you do the plan B from that or is it too late? Uh, I think it's too late. Right. So then your options are limited. <laughs> so so you're you're saying go big or go home, right? You're yeah, it's a go big or go either, home. It's either real abortion or nothing, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. There there's just so much debate and there's so much gray area that if you decide to limit your options, then you limit like the gray area as well. Right. Right. So <coughs> which is which is what law does basically. I think what you're saying is like you either have abortion or no abortion and then stop wasting your time arguing about it, right? Like that's basically it, right? I just think that waiting for that P test moment, your your options are limited, right? The weight of your decisions are bigger at that point. Mm. Because because yeah, yeah like wearing a wearing a condom or whatever, like okay, yeah, that's easily, yeah, of course, you're you're only kind of thinking about yourself at that point, or you and your spouse, or you and your right, significant right. other. But I think at at this point where you see that plus sign, you're like, oh shoot, like there's definitely something, another another I mean, being. I just I just think you need to jump off the 
the argument for the P test. Is like, <laughs> what if the lady doesn't take a P test till eight eight months in and is like, that, that, that's her fault. Ah, damn. <laughs> I mean, then her options are even more limited. Yeah, but like, what you're saying is that you're saying life begins at the P test. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying like, it's definitely. Not. I think I think the decision making starts at the P test. I think. Th- <laughs> so you really want to mandate the P test? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely believe in the fertilization. Like the the life begins at that. Like the the zygote initial formation of life begins there. You know. I think what Joe was saying is if they're not smart enough to take the P-test after one month, then they need to, um, you know, go ahead and make the decision. Let it go. <laughs> they either need to let it ride or put it away. Wow. All right. Oh, man. I feel like we're going to get a lot of <laughs> people are gonna feedback hate on us this for episode. Sure. If, if you've made it this far, please… Give us feedback. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is our first real kind of like tough conversation. So, um, yeah. and we're all dudes. So, just a caution: we have no idea the women's side of things and their real struggle. Yeah. And our laughter is more um, anxiety. <laughs> yeah, it's more of a defense mechanism. Yeah, at this it's, point. it's more of <laughs> yes. a shield to kind of like lighten the mood because. Oh, so in, in all honesty, we've recorded a heavy episode in the past. And it was too heavy. So let's see how this turns out. Yeah. I think ultimately, though, like, you're right. Like, no one can make a choice for anyone, right? Mm-hmm. I think what we can do is say that this is what we believe life is. And if you need help or support, then I need to be, as a man, like, available. Not to necessarily support you, but to at least be there for you. And I think that's what makes people Christian right. or Catholic. Mm-hmm. It's like, can I be more loved? How does how does your pregnancy or your decision to abort a baby make me more loving? Because um, if someone can get an abortion and you can just like shit on them, you know, but that doesn't make you a better right. That doesn't make you Catholic right. exactly. Right. Yeah, but you can only do that on a human level. You can't like by passing a law. Passing a law doesn't make you more Catholic or more Christian or more Jesus like. Right. Yeah, because I guess one of the alternatives would be like to, you know, vote for the abortion ban and just, you know, just be a terrible human being anyway, right? Yeah. So I'd like to say that if you've made it this far, we are three bad Catholics (laughs) with good intentions. (laughs) And we're not terrible people. And we are all scheduled for confession next week. Yes, yes, yes. I've already mentioned the plan B, so… Well, anyway, I hope this conversation has pushed you guys to not necessarily be better legislators or deliverers of the law, but better Christians, more loving people. Hopefully, those people who in your life who are probably considering abortion or have considered abortion feel that you love them. I think that's the most important thing in whatever decision they make, that you love, you be the most loving person you can be. And that's the most Christian thing we can do. Yeah, but we're not passing any laws tonight, so we can call it a night. (laughs) But yeah, I definitely believe like just being there for whoever has to make that decision, abortion, not abortion. uh, The only thing we can do is just, yeah, really, really be supportive and really just even just treat them like anybody else, like a human. So yeah, I guess since we're all sounding more 
refined here. I'm probably the most pro-life out of all three of us. So, <laughs> um, so after so, this episode, I don't well, know. <laughs> wait, wait. So, so my background for the listeners is that like I was conceived out of a quarter of an ovary where most women have two. And so just long story short, I had a very little chance of being conceived and also very little chance of living. And so I think for me, I like really understand the importance and sanctity of life as far as like my connection with my mom is like the most one of the most important things that I have. And so like for me, if if I were if someone were to ever come to me and to have the conversation, I would definitely put it in that perspective where my mom waited years um, just to have me, and when she did, she was bedridden for nine months just to make sure that I lived. And so, kind of with that perspective, I would hope that she understands how important it is for life to live. God, I can't believe you just literally pulled it out of your ass to become the most holy. <laughs> I know, dude. Claps. Not that your story's not great. I I respect that and like totally see where you're coming from. But god damn it. <laughs> Cheers to all Cheers, life man. being sacred. And Cheers. to Jan Matthew being here present with us tonight. Our best friend. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Shout best. out Cora. I loved you 